Hello friends, welcome to God's Eagle Ministries at God's Eagle Ministries through our portal at otakada.org. We're seeding the nations with God's word. God is transforming lives through the timeless truth in his word. Uh, today we bring you part 7 of Anatomy of the uh, Spirit Realm, uh, Biblical Perspective. And you know this is our series of perfect words, perfect works and perfect wonders. We want to be able to affect, we want to be able to speak the right word. We want to be able to do the right works. And we want to be able to manifest the right wonders with an understanding, from the position of an understanding. And the Holy Spirit is the one that can give us that kind of clarity. That's why we are in this series now. Past seven, uh, Peter Tan uh, for the past 40, 50 years has been doing 40 day fast every year. And in those period, God takes him on a journey to the spirit realm. So this is his analysis of that realm for our learning and application. We cannot learn everything. God has is a, is a master of division of labor. He gives every person a unique gift because we are all unique. There's an assignment for everyone. We are God doesn't clone people. God creates created us unique and everyone has a frequency everyone has a has a fragrance in the realm of the spirit that we need to key into and learn we, if we don't cooperate and work together uh, tap into the gift of the various deposit that god has made in the body of christ then we will be uh, we'll be working one-legged uh, we'll be making one-legged journey as Christians and will not be effective in the call of God over our life. Prophets are not greater than teachers. Teachers are not greater than uh, um, than evangelists. Evangelists are not greater than pastors. Uh, the, the list goes on. There's no one greater. We're all brethren and we need to be humble enough to learn from one another and not to, and when we are teaching, we shouldn't look at ourselves as somebody who has arrived and knows everything and is beyond everyone like master of everyone else no we are brethren that has to be drawn in i don't know why the body of christ try to uh, classify people in different classes and then that creates limitation to engagement let's come down from our high horses and let's begin to learn the gift that god has lavishly put in his body for our learning and application because it says my people perish for lack of knowledge we don't want to perish and it says because we lack knowledge because we've ignored and rejected knowledge it will cause even our children to perish there are people who are dying today before their time because they've rejected the gift that the body of christ has in abundance all around everyone has something to contribute to the whole that's the purpose of God as the grand plan of God and that's what we are all about God's Eagle Ministry uh, Ambassador Monday Ogojo Owe so um, going into part seven and in this part seven we are going to be looking at examples of some ministry work in the lowest realms of the spiritual realm okay so let's go right that's part seven now in some of these lowest intermediate REM hospitals, there are many who have lived their lives without preparation for the spiritual world. Many of them are prominent business people, professionals and leaders who give no thought to the afterlife. Those who thought that they will cease to exist after physical death remain in a nightmarish stupor, barely holding on the smallest of spiritual life that is still in them. They are placed in words in words with birds are daily ministered to by the spirits who serve here the serving spirit will place their hands on them or wave their hand over them imparting spiritual strength nourishment 
these spirits who have been so careful uh, to provide themselves with physical comfort and luxuries have not taken time during their lives to provide for themselves spiritually. They like groaning, mourning, temporal, physical, millionaires, that but spiritual purpose for all eternity. Others lie in a comatose state, refusing to believe that they still live on, on in the spirit realm. All of them have their minds, emotions, and thought patterns poisoned by their lifetime of worldliness and fleshy ways. Their spiritual bodies look diseased and malnourished. If only they had used their great wealth, power, and resources for spiritual good, both for themselves and for others around them. Others are so tied to their earthly habits of thinking and have earthly emotions linked by to physical people or things on the earth that they are like mentally deranged people in a mental world. They struggle with the illusions and passions of physical life created by their own thought and emotional life. Foul smells and this harmonious atmosphere fill these words. The role of the ministering spirit here is to help remove these uh, disharmonies from the atmosphere emanated by these sick spirits, by their thought emanations through prayer and love. These spirits are so contorted that they are not even capable of hearing heavenly music that will sort and heal their souls. They have to be taught the most basic or spiritual things like small infants. When they are recovered, many of these would in turn serve others. Spirits who live in this realm do not have the spiritual capacities to communicate their thought and rely on spiritual devices, inventions of the spiritual realm to communicate. Many of the physical earthly inventions came from devices invented in these realms because these realms do have their limitations, similar to the limitations of the physical bodies on earth. Although not as gross as the physical world, many of the spirits here still look old and aged. But these bodily forms are merely versions of the uglier forms of the dark spheres. They are sufficiently redeemed to be presented in this realm, but not sufficiently spiritually developed to take on the useful heavenly form of the higher spheres. As they grow and develop and ascend to their higher spheres, they will lose these earthly looking age forms and take on the true spiritual forms. Chapter 3 the free will of man, predestination and free will. Let's look at that. How does that play out with spiritual realities? Almost all of the things that happen to a human life are through their own free will, no matter how many external causes or currents are taking place in the environment in which he is born into. It is not necessarily caused by free will action, but can also be caused by free will of thought. Not just in the sense of a fleeting thought which impinges upon a mind, but rather a thought that is accepted and becomes part of the soul life and thought pattern of the individual life. All actions have a cause and effect, a sowing and reaping for its doors, besides affecting the lives of those around them. All thoughts that are accepted into one's thought pattern and character attracts forces that control the circumstances around the individual life. Dark thoughts attract dark forces and bright thoughts attract good forces. Thus the, thus, the real battle in life is to choose both the right actions and the right thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6. to 10, 10. I like to read 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10. Um, okay, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 uh, uh, says, says, uh, 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Praise the Lord. It says, Do ye look on, verse 7, let me just read that. Do you look on to things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is that he is Christ, even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord had given us for edification, not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed that nine that I may not seem as if I will terrify you by letters. So that's the end of that. But let me go on to the scriptures here. Both actions and thoughts have a cause and effect in this life and in the next life. So we have to mind our thoughts. We have to mind our actions. And what energizes us to do the things that we do? Are they negative energization? Or are they positive energizations? Are we working according to scripture? Or are we just using our head and going to do things that we don't believe in? The spiritual forces of God cannot help us by replacing our need to take responsibility. I repeat that. The spiritual forces of God cannot help us cannot help us by replacing our need to take responsibility. Okay? Okay. To exercise, okay, uh, responsibility and do the best. The spiritual forces of God cannot help us uh, by replacing our need to take responsibility and do the best we can in our circumstances people who think who think that they do not have to do anything but rely on god and angelic help do not receive any help at all from the spirit world they expect all the work to be done for them angels distance themselves from such individuals until they realize that they are responsible to exercise their free will and put in the best effort they can before help is given from the spirit world it is when an individual has done the best he knows how with the little strength and knowledge that God has provided that angelic help is given to help them further. And uh, I think we can also remember when Jesus was uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane and praying and as he prayed and prayed, the angels came finally to give him a hand. So the Holy Spirit was sent as our helper, not as our servant. I repeat that, John 14, 16. The Holy Spirit was sent as our helper, not as our servant going around to do things for us. Angels are sent to minister to us when we have used our best effort with a pure heart, reliance on God. You can read Mark chapter 1 verse 13, Luke 22, 43. This is a balanced teaching. Man must keep exercising the force of his free will to do God's will, even when he has a destiny to fulfill. The forward motion of the planet Earth causes a centrifugal force and the gravitational pull of the sun causes a centripetal force. Both these forces work in harmony to produce a stable orbit of the earth around the sun. The free will of man exercises a centrifugal force, while the predestination exercises a centripetal force over a human life. If there is not centrifugal force, the earth will crash into the sun. Similarly, if man does not exercise his free will, predestination is of no benefit to his life. If there is no centripetal force, the earth would be thrown into the darkness of space. Similarly, without walking in the path of his predestination, a man's life would be thrown into darkness. Now let's look at foresight and uh, 
recognition, foresight and recognition as the spirit realm looks at this. The spiritual world or spiritual world is able to see the end result of every action and thought. The lower sphere of light is able to see less into the future than those of the higher spheres. Ultimately, only God who is above all sees all and knows all things past, present and future. Spirits of the higher spheres can see some of the possible discrimination of actions and thoughts upon the earth and are directed by God to guide and influence the world towards the right path without violating the free will of man. Angels and spirits serving God are directed in advance through the foreknowledge of God into positions and places ready for the occurrence of the evil months or years before they, um, they occur in direct to direct the human lives towards their destinies against adversity and unfavorable circumstances. Sometimes these events are revealed to humans on earth through visions, dreams, or revelation in their spirit. Let's look at pre-existence of our spirits. How does seeing into the spirit uh, or how does the spirit world interpret this pre-existence of our spirit? In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, Paul speaks about God choosing us before the foundation of the world. There are two possible extreme interpretations without contradicting the Bible. That we exist in the mind of God before we were created at conception via the union of sperm and ovum, or that we had some sort of conscious existence before our earthly existence. There could be other explanations in between these two by deferring the timing of our creation. Psalms 139 verse 6 says implies that we had some form of substance before we had an earthly form. God told Jeremiah that before he was formed in the womb that he knew him, Jeremiah 1.5. Traditional understanding have always given us the idea that we were created at a conception, but scriptures seem to point to a type of pre-existence before we were formed in the womb. The quality or type of existence that we have before our formation in the womb is open for theological discussion. Without contradicting the Bible, it would not be wrong if one were to interpret it as a full-fledged existence, as spirit in the spiritual universe of God. For those who do not accept the pre-existence of our spirit before coming to this earth, there are interesting lines of thought to pursue, one of which is that before coming to this earth, we had some knowledge or choice in coming to this earth, being made aware of our mission and tax for this earth. There is a twofold goal. One is to take on the challenge of living this life with all its trials and challenge to further our spiritual growth in the spiritual universe of God. And secondly, to take on a mission or task to help fulfill the will of God for the people we encounter. Making a positive contribution to mankind's society and coming to this earth, all knowledge of our pre-existence was taken away except for some events that we had foreseen that will take place and bring a sense of recognition. Like we have seen in before, deja vu, these are locked in our spirits and come to the surface of consciousness when the events occurred while milestones mark us, telling us that we are on track. No matter how tough times seem to be or how hard the road, we need to remember that we have chosen the road to travel for our own spiritual growth. And God has provided sufficient strength and grace for every mountain that confronts us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, you get that there. Do not envy others who seem to have it easy in life. They might have chosen an easier road with less spiritual growth, benefits than you. 
Also remember that God has guided you in your choice and will never allow or permit you to choose that which he knows you were not capable to perform. If you search on the inside of your spirit, you will always find the grace and strength that God gives you to overcome every mountain. The reason that you have not seen you have not seemed to receive help is because there is too much noise on your inside, in your soul. Meditate and be still on your inside. Let the peace of God fill you and you will receive clarity in every, in your spirit, not necessarily in words or thoughts, the strength and grace to proceed further. Now, let's look at the flow of thoughts, the spiritual realm, the flow of thoughts. I was given to understand that all of our thoughts are influenced by the spiritual world all the time. It is either being influenced by the forces of darkness or by the forces of light. This is the spiritual warfare that Paul speaks about in 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5. When we have inspirational thoughts that lift us up, we owe the credit to God and His ministering spirit who impact the spiritual energy into our lives. On the other hand, when negative and evil thoughts crowd our minds, we have got into the wrong flow of thoughts. We need to learn to yield to the flow of thoughts. We need to learn to yield to the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 Thoughts are received and processed in our souls and not in our physical brain. I repeat that. Thoughts are received and processed in our souls and not in our physical brain. Our brain is only the central the control center of the physical realm through which our soul expresses itself. People who are brain dead, no brain electrical activity, and are brought back to life can sometimes remember all the activities at the time of their clinical death when their spirits and souls are out of body watching the particular activities around them. Since there is no physical brain activity, it shows that memories are stored in the unseen realm of the soul. The soul in turn is only the receiving and processing center for thoughts in the same manner as the physical earth, uh, physical eye is the receiving and processing center for physical light. Our understanding is sometimes likened to eyes because of this reason. Example, the eyes of our understanding, Ephesians 1, 17 to 18. Sorry there. The source of all thought is in the realm of the spirit. I repeat that the source of all thoughts is in the realm of the spirit which our spirits are in contact with there's a divine flow of wisdom energy that flows from god and transmits to us through the holy spirit and ministering spirit this flow is not in a known human language which our soul has acquired but the essence of thought which is like a spiritual light the spirit of wisdom and revelation produces light in understanding Ephesians 1, 17, 18. Our soul converts this thought flow into human language in our minds and we experience thinking and the thought process. The thought flow from God is full of love and peace. We are simulated to think positive. Inspirational thoughts and ideas that help us in our daily life. Evil spirits try to impress their thought flow to us which uh, stir up sinful and wrong thoughts. The secret of the permanently peaceful and joyful Christian life is learning to be continuously tuned to the divine flow of thoughts from God. I've seen the divine flow of light that constantly streams down from God towards the earth through his angels, ministering spirits, bearing gifts and ideas that could bring great blessing to the receiver and to mankind in general. 
inventions, ideas, and powerful concepts which are there for those who are open to receive them. If they are open to that flow of thoughts, all the person has to do is make a decision in his heart and in his will to be open to help from the invisible spiritual realm. Amen. So let's look at practicing the presence of God. God is spirit as relates to the spirit world. God is spirit and one needs to be spirit conscious in order to be aware of the presence of God. John 4, 24. The essence of meditation is to be able to move our state of consciousness or our state of knowing uh, from the soul body realm into the spirit realm, thus contacting the spirit world. The basis of continuity like praying in the spirit, worship, meditation on the word, prayer, it is to help to bring one into the spiritual state of consciousness. It is not just important to be able to achieve spiritual consciousness, but it is also essential to maintain it. It is possible to be spiritually conscious of the presence of God 24 hours every day. And you can read up uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, Galatians 6, 18, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, John 4, 14, uh, John 14, 16 to 18, John 15, 11, John 16, 22. And uh, we have a diagram there, uh, diagram 6, which we'll also make available. Three possible states of thought patterns and consciousness. Okay, as we are tripartite creatures, spirit, soul, and body, we have the ability, um, we have the ability to be conscious of three realms. First Thessalonians 5.23 The first and lowest consciousness is to have our thoughts and consciousness feel constantly with the animal passion of the flesh, the body consciousness. Humans who live this way are pulled into the darkness of the spiritual sphere when they leave their physical bodies. As in diagram 6 above, the thoughts are constantly pulled down by the gravitational force of sens sensuality and animalism. The second type of consciousness is soul consciousness, where the thoughts constantly revolve around the things of this life worry, anxiety, and all the other thoughts that concern themselves with this temporal life, such as uh, a manner, uh, such as a manner in Matthew 6, 25, 34, Philippians 4, 6 to 7. A soul conscious person is selfish and only thinks for himself or herself. Their whole world circulates around their selfish lives. When they leave their physical bodies, these people also end up in dark spheres of the spirit world. Sometimes people also can be spiritually selfish for their own lives or for positions in ministry. Hmm. This is not true spirituality, but a soul conscious wrapped up in a side of spirituality. These end up in the cold dark spheres of the spirit world. The secret of enjoying the presence of God constantly is to be spirit conscious. Being spirit conscious is not some airy, very concept, nor is it a rigor that belongs to the ascetic, the mystic. Everyone can be spiritually conscious and tapped on the flow of the presence of God that flows from his throne through all his creation. From time to time, people have, have tapped upon this realm briefly without realizing it. For example, when you are visiting a place that has natural ascetic beauty and are erupted, eruptured by it, or when uh, you are watching a sunset or a sunrise and were momentarily caught up in the beauty of the scene, or when you are walking along a trial 
with your pet dog and and trail with the pet dog and momentarily your thoughts turn away from this affairs of this life and you are enjoying the companionship of your pet the scenery the essence of it is to have your thoughts pulled away from your own life and for a brief moment you were not thinking about rather uh, where were enjoying the flow of beautiful inspiration thought as shown in diagram six you have looked outside of yourselves and are tapping on the flow of god's presence and thought for a moment you become aware of the birds singing the beautiful colors of creation the sounds of flowing streams as you see all creation was made to lead us to god uh, romans 1 20. this brief moment can be your constant consciousness even though you might be required to perform duties in this temporal world. This is just the beginner's phase, and there are depths of spiritual ecstasy to be obtained as one walks in the fullness of God's love. Sometimes when you feel compassion and empathy with others around you, such that you could be moved to their tears or experience great feelings of pure, unselfish love, you could be experiencing a moment of spirit consciousness. The soul has its own empathy but there is always heaviness and a selfishness that also contains other hidden feelings that are not in line with pure love, anger, jealousy, indignation, self-righteousness, etc. The moment of pure spirit conscious empathy is filled with a lightness and there is also a sense of union and peace with the pure holy love that issues from the God who is love, 1 John 4.8. In Catherine Coleman's healing services, Many people got healed when they stopped thinking about their own needs and started praying for others worse off than them. They tapped into the power of the Spirit which is received through their spirits. Catherine Kuhlman hereby described her own spirit consciousness to be a vessel for God's Spirit uh, to flow through. When she described the sensation of love she felt when she sees a sick child being healed by their parents waiting for a touch of healing, she described how at that moment, if she could, if she could, she would give her own life to this child. Sometimes, in moments of human tragedy or need, those who are helping become engrossed in the desire and passion to help others and achieve superhuman abilities. They unknowingly tap into the flow of spirit consciousness and God's angels and ministering spirits were able to help them do things that they normally could not do. Spirit consciousness can also be called love consciousness. By love, we mean the unselfish, self-sacrificing love of God. In the spirit world, one does not think of oneself alone, but is constantly conscious of the love of God. Okay, The love present in all his creation and the love one feels for others. There is always a sense of oneness with God. I repeat that, in the spirit world, one does not think of oneself alone, but is constantly conscious of the love of God, the love present in all his creation, and the love one feels for others. There is always a sense of oneness with God and with all his creation in the practice of the presence of God. As you learn, experience, and understand what this spirit consciousness is like, you can practice this every day until it is a daily part of your life. When you are practicing this and sense the stress or strain, stop, relax, and start again. The soul is very subtle and has, and has creeped in again. Remember that spirit consciousness is letting go, a yielding, a rest, a union with God. But soul consciousness involves striving, strain, and stress. Through time and patience, this 
state of consciousness becomes your daily life, whether in sleep or when awake, for your spirit does not sleep, but continues in communion with God. He who has entered into this rest has ceased from his own works. Hebrews 4.10 The achievement of this rest is when the spirit is freed from the soul and the body, even when physically alive, and enters the divine flow of the Logos, Word of God, which is used from God with life-giving energy. Hebrews 4.12 By choosing spirit consciousness, all the intents and thoughts of our heart can become one. And again, I repeat, by choosing spirit consciousness, all the intents and thoughts of our heart can become one in union with the flow of life and thought from God. We are thought all our lives in this physical world to be self-conscious, soul-conscious, and body-conscious. The opposite is true in the spirit world. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking of others. The presence of God is not a gory, feel-good state of self-consciousness. It is a state of one lost in the love for others. Feeling may or may not be there. Many people claim to have some sort of an emotional, gory, feel-good love for God. This emotional state of being is many times pure soul, especially when their so-called love for God does not lead to them loving others. You can read 1 John 3, 14, 1 John 4, 7 to 8, 1 John uh, 3, 12, 16, 20, 21. It is possible that one experiences emotional states of compassion and empathy as one loves God and others, but this is only a side effect upon our souls and not to be focused upon. Thank God for our ability to feel, uh, ability to feel, but pure spirit and pure love is beyond soul feelings. It is in the realm of the spirit, a sense of union with God. In the spiritual world, we are taught to love others and be conscious of the needs of others. As we progress in loving others, we progress in the spiritual spheres. To aid those who desire to spend time developing this spirit consciousness deeper, we include here some guidelines in the art of deep medi medi uh, meditation. Uh, first, number one, being perceptive of the revelation of God through his creation, Romans 1.20. Okay? Being perceptive of the beauty of creation, the beauty of holiness, 1 Chronicles chapter 16.29, 2 Chronicles 20.21, 20, Psalms 29.2, to, uh, Psalm 96 verse 9. Uh, 3. Flowing in heavenly music, sound and song, 2 Chronicles 5, 18 to 14, 2 Samuel 23, 1 to 2, Psalms 151 to 6, Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Being quiet and still on your inside, Psalms 4, 4, hmm. Psalm 46, 10. Being at rest, spirit separation from soul, Hebrews 4, 9 to 12. Yielding to the energizing of God's love, Galatians 5 6, Romans 5 5, John 15 10, Ephesians 3 17 to 19, 1 John 2 5, and uh, uh, 1 John 4 17 to 19. Number seven, union with the being of God, God's love, life, and light through Christ, John 17 21 to 24, 1 Corinthians 1 17, 1 John 5 7 to 8, and John 14 20. Take time each day immediately after working and also before sleeping, Psalm 4.4, to be quiet and listen to your heart. Be in quiet meditation and thought, glorifying God and asking Him sincerely with all your heart to help you to know Him better. 
and then take time to reflect God's love in any sincere acts or thoughts or words or prayers of kind love to make another person's life happier. This daily exercise of love in our heart, mind, thoughts and actions will gradually turn us from an inward-looking selfish person into an outward-looking loving person who genuinely cares about helping others around us. This would be the first step towards opening our hearts to the spiritual world. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5.8 What is true purity of heart? It is when our heart is exactly like the heart of God. Since God is love, 1 John 4.8 We need to be in same dimension of love to see God. Our heart needs to be to beat at the same frequency in which God exists. In order to see him in manifestation, the practice of this spirit and love consciousness will enable God and his angels who operate in the frequency of love to make themselves known and take you beyond this first step into realities and dimensions of the spiritual world. So this brings us to the end of the uh, seventh uh, part of the anatomy of the spirit realm. And uh, we've done 32 minutes, 34 uh, seconds already and so uh, we will go into the faith from God how does that operate in the realm of the spirit and so Fe Heavenly Father just want to thank you for bringing us to the end of part 7 under the anatomy spirit of the living God breath life upon what has been said and teach more expand more on this that which we have learned so far especially in the area of uh, uh, practicing your presence that Lord we will go to a whole new level in our work with you hearing you clearly knowing your heart and your mind, releasing the ministering spirit to work on the behalf of us and as many that we're working for. Give us a heart of love for others, Lord God, just as you are, so that, Lord, we experience you more than ever before. Thank you for answer prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.